Ah, it's our tell show. Thank you for coming back with us. Appreciate it. We're going back overseas. A little UK politics and news. Another one of our great Young Voices contributor, Portia Barry Kilby uh, from over yonder, but she's also over here back and forth, a uh, graduate of Harvard. We might get her Boston impression later on, the pride of Leicestershire, England. How are you, ma'am? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, sir? I'm very well. Thrilled to have you with us. Uh, it's been a minute since we uh, went back overseas and checked in with our friends. Uh, but uh, just to give a little bit of the background, if we go back about a year, uh, the Labor Party was at a very low point. Uh, they were losing elections in places they had never lost elections. Boris Johnson seemed to be riding high on the hog, as we would say, down in the South. Uh, this is a very different situation now. He has the approval rating of a cholera outbreak and things are not going well for him. What happened? That is all very true, Andrew. I think, well, today Labour gained another member. So I think they're in an even happier point than they were. But basically with COVID, the restrictions put in place, it has transpired that various top people working for the Prime Minister weren't always following those restrictions. And a whole saga of different parties have emerged that were being thrown way back when in 2020, as well as more recently breaking the rules. And the one which really seems to have hit the nail on the coffin, like the last nail on the coffin, is the one that happened the night before Prince Philip's funeral. So there have been very stark images of the Queen sat alone at that funeral. And it's then emerged a couple of weeks ago that number 10 were having a rager the night before, which seems to have riled everyone's feathers um, on all sides. Now, um, the problem with this is, like lots of scandals, is the cover-up has actually become worse than the actual offense. Uh, the story keeps changing. Uh, in fact, uh, Prime Minister question one, well, I'll have you break that down in a minute, but the very first one, uh, the member of parliament just detailed it like, well, three weeks ago, this was a story. And two weeks ago, this was a story. And yesterday, this was the story. And now this morning, this is the story. Uh, Boris sure does seem to need to just put the shovel down because everything he seems to be doing and his surrogates and his cabinet right now just seems to be making this worse, doesn't it? He's not really got out of this sticky situation anytime soon. There's a chief civil servant leading an inquiry into whether any rules were break, broke, broken and how many were. And Boris's line of argument has been kind of memed saying, I can't possibly say if I was at a party until the investigation is complete. That will tell me if I was there, uh, which isn't quite what he said, but it seems to he's definitely dodging the questions and apologizing in very caveated terms. So which is typical politics and he can't admit to something too readily because then it will backfire on him but obviously if there was a party in his building even if he wasn't there he sets the tone and if he's permitting parties to go ahead there's something to be apologized for given that yeah portia barry kilby joining us on herd tell uh of course things don't happen in a vacuum they happen in a sequence 
Uh, Boris Johnson is a big personality. He's an outspoken personality. Uh, he rubs people the wrong way. He wears people out. Um, therefore, when he goes to something like this, where now he wants to be dodgy and go uh, again this morning when he had calls to resign, he goes, well, we haven't even had the inquiry yet, but he won't say what he did and didn't do because he's waiting for the inquiry to tell him what he did and didn't do. Uh, just to the average person, even if they're not in the politics, that really strikes as hypocritical. It strikes as not being honest because it's counter to his normal personality. And it just becomes really, really glaringly obvious. It's something's not right. And he's feeling a whole lot of pressure, doesn't it? I think that's very fair. And I think his main line of defense is these were people working in person and therefore they were working just with alcohol. It's a good part of British culture, which wasn't always overspilling in the US culture. But, you know, having a boozy lunch, it's part of life in many places, especially Westminster. But at the same time, there are limits. And given COVID rules, a little more caution would have been desired. But it is interesting that these stories are all being leaked now because these people have known they've been going on um, since they happened. And it's all coming to the surface now, which makes you think people want Boris out. Right. And we're not Pollyannish here. We understand there's always politics involved in this. So the knives come out when you have an unpopular leader. That's the politics side of it. Uh, for us in the American audience and the worldwide audience, though, talk about the policy side of it, because the other part of this was there was restrictions. Uh, this morning, uh, Prime Minister Johnson's talking about repealing the Plan B restrictions. Just talk about what the UK has been dealing with res- restrictions. And that way it kind of contrasts and tells us why it was such a big deal that they were doing this kind of party and stuff. What have been the restrictions have been and what are they talking about with these plan B restrictions uh, being lifted now? So at the time of the parties, especially at the time of Prince Philip's funeral, people couldn't see, couldn't have many people all in one space. There were people going to hospital alone, not allowing visitors. It was very much deep, dark COVID draconian measures back in April. By this point, we're pretty much way ahead of everyone else in terms of the freedom restored to us. And we had a few face mask mandates imposed for a short time. And similarly, work from home orders given just before Christmas which was deemed Plan B. Not the best sounding name, I think you might think, but that's now being all repealed back and no more face masks, no more working from home orders in place. And the vaccine passports they had introduced for certain venues are also being scrapped. So a good day in terms of restrictions easing, if not for Boris Johnson more generally. Is it enough to break through? Uh, He's thrown a couple things at the wall here. The plan B restrictions are being removed. Uh, He's kind of gone to an old favorite of his. He's fighting with the BBC publicly, including holding back funding for them. Uh, But a lot of the commentators that we review and talk to about the UK says this stuff is not burning through. The public is upset. Uh, His own conservative party is upset. Obviously, the Labour Party smells blood in the water after a very, very dark couple of years for them. Uh, Is it going to help or is he just too far down in the hole, do you think? I think it is helping, but at the same time, he has more to do. I think it's good to see Boris kind of bouncing back to being Boris rather than imposing more restrictions. But at the same time, 
it really has struck a chord with the public. People are angry, and I think on a whole scale greater than what would have been expected. So Boris does have to do a lot. And at the same time, he's repealed all of these restrictions. A lot of the public are quite concerned about COVID. The message around Omicron was all very scaremongering and doom and gloom. So to then suddenly do a 360, you do have to think, is this actually going to play well to the people you need on board, especially the Red Wall voters um, and the new intake of MPs from 2019. Boris, it's not over for him yet. He needs to push a bit harder, but at the same time, it's not written off. There's no one else really primed to take over immediately. So I think he'll be left in dangling by a thread for a little longer. Right. And part of the story there, you mentioned the 2019 MPs that came on board. There was quite a few uh, in areas that had never been anything but labor in recorded history, really. Uh, Is there that concern? I know you said there's no hair apparent. That's part of the thing that might keep him safe. But is there concern that they're going to lose some of this newfound ground uh, electorally in the meantime or until the next general election? Because they had so many close together, there's probably not a danger of a general election anytime soon. But that concern has to be there, doesn't there? A hundred percent. And so many of those MPs won by such small margins, first time ever, and actually with very little political experience under the belt. So they are getting a little on edge now. And we saw today one of those new intake MPs announced at Prime Minister's Questions, which is the weekly scrutiny session, shall we say, walked over to the other side and defected to Labour because he had more faith in the leader of the party, Keir Starmer, than in Boris Johnson, which kind of shows, you know, the real nuanced political conversations some of those new MPs are able to have, which is none. Um, And it's a bit flat, but and that's what it's going to be. He cares about his future political career and the Labour Party will likely give that to him at this point in time than Conservatives. But at the same time, it's been a good over a decade of the Conservative Party. So, you know, all of the jollity has to come to an end soon. They can't go on forever. Yeah. And he will never be as popular or as cheered as he was this morning by the Labour side of the House. Uh, he was a very popular fellow of PMQs. We're going to get into those PMQs, how that system works. We're going to talk about Keir Starmer and the wider of British politics, and then bring that back to some of uh, American things as well when we come back on Hertel. Portia Barry Kilby with us from Young Voices, and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Hertel. We're continuing with Portia Barry Kilby, uh, who is a graduate of Harvard, but hails from England. You'll know this as soon as she starts speaking again with that wonderful accent of hers. Uh, Something very uniquely English. I love it because I'm a glutton for political punishment. Uh, But every Wednesday morning for us, Wednesday afternoon for y'all with the time difference, you have prime minister questions. Uh, So Boris Johnson has to stand in the house and he gets really taken to it today on days like today with scandals burgeoning. Real quick, though, for folks that aren't familiar with the parliamentary system, why is that so unique that you have that prime minister question every week and your leadership, whichever party has the leadership, they really do have to kind of stand and face the music? 
Exactly. And it's the standing and facing the music, which is so unique. You have all of your MPs, all of the opposition MPs scrutinizing you. You are there held to account, often with very carefully crafted responses to the questions. And if it's on your side of the house, you'll know the question you're going to get. So it's easy to position yourself as more effective than perhaps you might be otherwise. But the Prime Minister is there every week for 30 minutes and has to take questions from all sides. It's a good face-to-face dimension of the UK system and also the good heckling as well to go with it. So a bit of drama and pump as well. Yeah, some days are more boring. The uh, the running joke, of course, is there's always some MP you've never heard of that wants you to come look at their train station. Uh, but today was not one of those. Uh, today was a lot of high drama. Uh, it wasn't quite the Brexit level vitriol, but it got pretty intense today for Prime Minister Boris Johnson, didn't it? It did very much. So on the other side, Labour were hammering on about the parties, but it was party, party, party in terms of their attack against him. And I think one area where Keir Starmer let himself down was he was fairly jocular. There were lots of fairly cheap jokes, somewhat rather funny, but he was making light of the situation, which for a lot of the public is very serious and it's an angry thing. So I think maybe Labour misjudged it in terms of tone, but they kept on going with the same line of attack. Yeah. And why wouldn't they? Uh, You bring up Keir Starmer, uh, an interesting figure because he basically had a mandate of don't be Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, We know that labor was decimated under Corbyn's leadership. We know the controversies with Corbyn, uh, the accusations of anti-Semitism. He obviously didn't have control of the party. They got electorally wiped out, as we've already mentioned in the 2019 elections. What's the read on Starmer? Is is he doing a good job? Is he a placeholder? Is he just kind of lucking out because Boris Johnson has done some self-inflicted wounds here? What's the read on him right now? I think Keir Starmer has the party, the Labour Party, in a much safer place than it was under Jeremy Corbyn. But at the same time, I think Boris's performance with the party gate, shall we call it, is boosting Keir. And any Labour leader at this point in time, although maybe Corbyn wouldn't be so successful, should have a fairly cushy position. It's been a long time of the Conservative Party in power, and people are inevitably going to get tired of that, unfortunately. And the Labour Party is there with a somewhat boring, but also fairly unobjectionable man in charge. Policy-wise, is anything really getting discussed right now? We have this uh, back and forth over the scandal. COVID's dominating everything else. Um, Before this, though, there was real economic concerns. There's the uh, migrant crisis. Uh, There's been months and months of really heated rhetoric with France, which England and France, that's nothing new, but we haven't seen it at this level for quite some time. Um, This seems to be drowning out a lot of those other issues, but electorally, is there any appetite for those issues or is it just all COVID and scandal right now? It is a lot of COVID and scandal, but at the same time, energy prices have really hit the front pages of prices expecting to skyrocket and various things that could be done to prevent that cost of living hitting the average voter, uh, but nothing really being done. So today, Labour presented their plan if they were in power, which they're not, and attacked the Conservatives for so far having done nothing. So it's 
those things do get some cut through, but until that actually hits people's pockets, it's the parties and the regret of having spent so long in lockdown not seeing people that's really resonating with the voters. What would break through? Is it the energy crisis? Is it the migrant issue in the channel that's that was getting headlines before the party gate kind of knocked it off? Um, the north of England is not happy. You always have issues with uh, Scotland and the Independence Party. Uh, what do you think is a policy thing that might burn through some of this? I think the energy crisis and cost of living are definitely things that could take hold, especially as national insurance contributions are set to rise in April as well. I think the whole cost of living saga will be a big challenge for the Conservative Party to tackle, especially when they've had a very generous furlough scheme for workers during COVID. It's not the best situation in terms of money right now. And there are by-elections in May coming up. So it's likely the Conservatives will take a hit then. And it's just going to be compounded. I don't think Partygate will be forgotten by May. And by that point, cost of living will also be taking a hit. And uh, in America, we're dealing with uh, inflationary concerns, cost of food, cost of groceries, things like that. Has that been an issue uh, in the UK and England also? Because we we heard a little bit of rumbling over Christmas about some of the food costs and things like that from our UK friends. Is that going to be a pressing issue or do they think there's going to be some policy changes with maybe the lifting of the COVID restrictions where the supply side of the economy starts to balance out a little bit more? I think there is hope that it starts to balance out a little bit more. And if there are one thing that's dominated in the British news has been food shortages um, intermittently during COVID. But then there's always arguments on the other side that it's not really a shortage and it's sensationalism by the media. You're concerned about the cost of living. Uh, They've talked about a rise in food banks in the UK. Uh, Back during the holidays, they talked about, you know, uh, Christmas in a can kind of became a, a little bit of a running joke in some media terms. Is the policy things that uh, Boris Johnson could do right now, is it a matter of you think policy wise they should just wait it out? Or is this one of the things where there'll be immense pressure to try to do something and the do something may actually end up being worse long term? There will, I think there will be an immense pressure to actually do something, especially with April and cost of living rising for people across the board, the Conservatives have pledged to level up the country and invest in local areas. But that's not really going to have a tangible impact on people if they then can't afford basics, be that to groceries, be that to their energy bills. So there is a balance to be made. And if that is increasing national insurance to pay off the debt that's been accrued due to COVID, that's one argument, but it can't be at the cost of neglecting uh, the average person's pocket and the impact it will have for them. In America, we have a real problem with having financial problems as a country, of course, our national debt, things like that. But the average person just doesn't really seem to care about it enough to make it a political issue. Is that the same in the UK? Do they worry about things like debt? Do they worry about the cost of these? Y'all call them schemes, not in a bad way. We do. That's just how you say it. Uh, These schemes to help the economy, to help workers during COVID. Is there a concern about those kind of fiscal issues or is it just something that they just kind of take in due course? I think there is sometimes from focus groups I've sat in on, there's always a slight worry that the government is spending too much. Uh, but it's more like where is the money coming from is all have I want an answer to 
And inevitably, there is that understanding that it's going to be paid for eventually by increased tax of uh, one way or another. Consensus is what more can you get? So people know it's going to hit them. They just don't always know how much. And it's always easy to say 1% rise is fine until you see that's X amount, hundreds of pounds a year that you just don't have. Yeah. Portia Barry Kilby talking UK politics for us. To bring this back to where we started, though, uh, we have the inquiry coming up on the party scandal. Uh, do you think Boris Johnson survives? I think he'll survive a little longer for sure. There's no one really primed to take him out. So it somewhat depends on the results of the inquiry. If it is these people all working and there was alcohol there, there's something of a get out clause. But if it's more damaging, then it's not looking good for Boris. And if he goes down because we don't know the name, so I don't know who in the Conservative Party do you think would be the next man up uh, if Boris Johnson just can't survive this and has to step down? The two most likely are possibly Les Truss and Rishi Sunak. Whether any would be as popular as Boris was way back when is highly doubtable, but they're the two primed people. Yeah, and we will follow up with this in the future with you. Portia Barry Kilby, thank you so much for the time today. Let folks know where they can find you on social media and some of the projects you have going on so they can follow you. They can follow me uh, with Portia BK on Twitter. And also Young Voices. If you look up Young Voices UK on Twitter, you can find those too. Yep. She's about two lines down than my page on Young Voices. Uh, We appreciate your time so much. Look forward to having you back. And you can update us on some of this in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much. Thank you, Portia. Thank you, ma'am. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.